Once again, on the Weird is a New Black show. If you don't know who I am by now, I'm Mike Bayonne, and I'm here with a good friend of mine, a special guest, who is currently cracking over, opening a bottle of, uh, what is that? Uh, Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Red label out here in these streets. You know, my main man. We're drinking fire. You know what it is. Yes. Yes. My main Kill man. Kill Enough Kid on Twitter, uh, Instagram, all that shit. Um, but Jeff, yes, in real life, <laughs> Jeff in real life. Not that the, my not that my social profile is much different than my real life, but right, we'll go by for what it is. Facts. Now here's the thing, my brother. So, uh, what is real life to you? Real life is waking up and doing whatever the fuck you want every day, but also on top of that, giving back to what you do. So whether that's you know anything from if you were if you were creative like myself what are you contributing back via your art whether it's music um actual you know physical art whether it's installations whether it's anything like even anything from cooking to you know whatever it may be what do you do every day that actually benefits society like what is real like what is your real life contributing back to this kind of thing kind of the thing for me like I always want to do shit that actually in some way or another benefits somebody besides myself and that's kind of like I, I don't really know how to describe what that is because everybody does it differently like mm-hmm. for me personally I work for um, I work for pharmaceutical and health advertising so every day when I go to work I know that what I'm doing is giving back to whether it's I'm working on a cancer account or a cardiologist account, whatever that may be, my work every day is benefiting somebody else. And somebody else is getting, you know, is is getting that benefit from me instead of just me being like, all right, here I'm existing and I'm just being a selfish, you know, mm-hmm. selfish asshole every day and not doing anything. Like and I think that's important. I think people should I think people should have some type of intention of giving back. Right. Whatever that may be. Paying it forward and paying it back, paying it forward, or some some kind of way of just being like giving something to others about containing it to yourself, being more selfless than selfish. Exactly. Like whatever it is that you do, it that's not the point. If it should be whatever that you do should somehow contribute to whatever culture you're a part of. And I've always said that with everything, like being a skateboarder, being an artist, being a creative, all that, like as long as you're just helping push things forward, Mm -hmm. you're doing it correctly. Like that's it. Like, and there's no way to, you know, there's no way to like directly like, rate that there's no scale system of like oh you've done more for this than you've done more for this culture than whatever like if you if you consume something from a culture you should also be contributing to it otherwise you're just sucking the life out of a culture that you aren't putting anything into right so now i I hear you say this i know we all have these defining moments in our lives where kind of point is in these certain directions, right? So for you, what was it that happened to you in your life? Or when was that like that light bulb moment that said, yo, I have to start thinking this way and living this way to have a better understanding of the world around you? Um, it's, I mean, it kind of all goes back to, if you follow me on Twitter, shout out anybody who does. Wake and Create was this kind of idea that just popped into my head one morning and I tweeted it and I was like, ah, like, that's, that's it. Like, that's the mantra. That's the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And this idea of create isn't necessarily limited to art or what you would think of typical create, air quotes. It's more of the sense of you create memories, you create existence, you create lives, you create, you create, you could create anything. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. It's about getting out and doing it. Um, My biggest issue is I have terrible anxiety (laughs) and terrible depression. So for me, it was always such a struggle to want to actually leave the house and do something. So that idea of create was go create something for yourself as well as for others. And if that means literally just going out and creating a memory or an experience one day at a time, you're already starting to get kind of, you're already starting to get kind of where you want to be. Um, then obviously that idea has just continuously evolved to creating, I, I create art, create clothing products, create anything that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Take photos, do that, but don't let it limit yourself. Like, don't let it limit you to what you want to do. You kind of just have to branch out and do what, do what feels right. But the idea of the create and that idea of kind of just forcing yourself to do something, um, it just, it, it kind of was just one of those things where I was like having a terrible anxiety day mm-hmm. and I was like, I need to. I need to get myself out of this how mm. and it just kind of kind of just evolved from there um i mean i grew up doing the things everybody else does we paint shit we draw shit we do whatever like i used to rip vcrs apart and try to put them back together like just because you're you're curious and you're interested mm-hmm. and you're just like i want to know how this works so I don't know if there's ever like really a defining moment for me of when that happened, but there has been moments in my life that have just kind of like evolved from one to the next, so to speak. Um, I mean, from going to college and being an art student and then being broke with no job and an art degree, like you're just like, I don't have a job and I need to pay rent. Like, let me let me make let me make something out of nothing and that's kind of just been sometimes you just got to kind of hustle (laughs) there is no there is no kind of defining moment it's more just like what is the quote it's like uh necessity is the mother of invention or whatever it is Mm -hmm. that's how being a creative is 90 percent of the time because you're just like i have to make this happen and i have nothing to resource from like so i'm just gonna figure it out right. i think it's interesting because to me like you've always been like a polarizing figure when it comes to like on social media people like kids because the way your words and ways you speak your mind it's like you i'm very blunt about a lot of shit yeah <laughs> but it, it's a beautiful thing because there's there's been times like early on in my life where i'll see people like you and i'm like wow how does he do it? And you're like, I'm just being me. I'm just speaking my mind. But some people, they can't seem to get out of that box of right. feeling like they can be honest with the world or themselves. I you mean, know? you've always, you've, I mean, I know you've seen it. I know a lot of people have seen it. Mm-hmm. Just be unapologetically yourself. Right. Like that is, I know it's like it's probably easier said than done, but as soon as you realize that like other people's opinions of you don't matter, you kind of just do whatever the fuck you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's kind of, I feel like that's kind of a, a ideal that I've, I think I, I mean, thank you skateboarding for giving me that kind of idea. Like skateboarding when I grew up was not popular like it is now. Like you would be out skateboarding and Dudes are, I grew up in rural ass Maine where like skateboarding isn't a thing. Right. I was like one of two skateboarders in my entire town. So like you're out skateboarding and like there's these like hick racist ass dickhead dudes Mm -hmm. driving around in pickup trucks yelling at you from their trucks like, oh, cool skateboard asshole. Like, you know, that type of shit. So I was like from that early type of age, I was just like. I was like, I don't care what the fuck you think of me. Like, it doesn't, what you think of me doesn't change what I'm gonna do. Mm -hmm. 
and that kind of just carried through. Like, I'm in high school, and everybody plays football and wrestles, and I'm, like, out here in skin-tight leather pants and leopard print belts just because, fuck you. I'm going to do what I want to do, and it right. doesn't matter. So, like, I think once you kind of get this concept of, like, other people's opinions of you don't define you, you can start to move in a different way. And you start to be truly who you feel like you are. Like, if I cared about what other people thought, I wouldn't be sitting here with these fabulous ass nails right now. Shout out to this purple. I don't know what it is, but it's fire. Fuck. <laughs> because uh, um, the funny thing is, preceding um, this interview, I spent like an entire week reading um, Dennis Robbins' memoir, As Bad As I Wanna Be. And, you know, I grew up, first of all, I probably ever really noticed Dennis Rodman was like when he got on the Bulls. Right. As, mo as most of us, I assume, yeah. probably that was our first introduction. Right. But I knew, the funny thing is, he actually, he dyed his hair when he was on the Spurs before he got to the Bulls. And, like, once he dyed his hair, people just lost their mind. He had that fire leopard print, like leopard print. Yeah. Dyed hair. Yeah, that was, I remember seeing that as a kid. And being like, yo, that's the shit. That like, I fucks with it. Heavy. Yes. Because, <laughs> you know, he was one of the first athletes to actually bring attention to, like, the AIDS crisis. Like, like after Magic Johnson. Yep. Like, he was the first one to actually be, like, be a supporter of, like, finding a cure for AIDS and all that. Because it was a time period when he dyed his hair completely blind. And he had the AIDS ribbon dyed in the that's back of right. his hair. That's right. I do remember that. You know? So, like, he was... Out there doing that, he had painted nails, and you know he would wear crazy like, outfits to like, you know, in his real life. Yeah. But he was still so about his craft that you couldn't deny him. But people always tried to throw him down because of his appearance. But it's like you never really got a chance. To see, you never like, anybody. No one actually actually sat down and was like, "Yo, Dennis, what's your story? Who are you?" Right. Because they didn't give a damn. Right. About that. All they cared about was. My man's in the club wearing a wedding dress or something. Right. But you're like, yo, if that's what dude wants to do outside of his career, that doesn't take anything away from the fact that he is the damn best rebounder possibly to ever play the damn game of basketball. Facts. Like, and you can't deny that. There, there's no denying his level of dedication to basketball mm -hmm. when he was playing. But they tried to take him down off some visual shit like awesome oh you you shouldn't be out here dressing like that or you shouldn't be you know you shouldn't be bringing too too much attention to yourself i mean it's the same same type of idea of like yo just shut up and play ball yeah that that they do to anybody who speaks on race and mm -hmm. anything that like lebron talking about race and politics yep shout out to him for calling donald trump a fucking bum yes which he is salute um, yeah, like they try to they try to demean these players for mm -hmm. doing anything that doesn't involve their actual job, so to speak, and that's bullshit. Yep. Like that's complete bullshit. Rodman was out here living his best life, but he was also playing some of the best basketball that we have ever seen. Yes, especially from a defensive standpoint, he was amazing. Like he mastered everything. Like he went from. Because the, the point that he said he reached, like, after he left the Pistons and joined the Spurs, yep. um, he almost committed, he thought about committing suicide. Yep, I do remember hearing remember the about story? that. Yep. All right, so for those who don't know, um, after the um, last year with the Pistons before he went to, went to the Spurs, he was sitting in, like, the parking lot of, I guess, the sports arena in Detroit, right? He sat there with, with a shotgun. Like, in a passenger seat next to him. And he was really feeling about, like, feeling like he's going to kill himself because, like, his relationship was going on the tubes. He couldn't see his kid. Basketball was going crazy because the team just got all splintered. And he really had a point where he was like, you know what? I'm going to end it all. So, guys, he, he got his shotgun. He pulled on his lap. But then he had a, he had a revelation. He said, instead of me killing myself, he said, I'm going to kill the part of myself that I don't like. He said the part of me that just seems like to be caught up in this whole era of like, you know, of this pain that I'm feeling. 
I want to be the true me. So he decided then and there he was going to be who he really was. He stopped giving a fuck. Exactly. And he flourished. Yes, he did. That's what I try. That's exactly what it is. That's what I try to tell people is as soon as you stop giving a fuck about what other people think of you, Mm -hmm. focus on what your thing is, whatever your craft is, whatever you want to do in life, and stop giving a shit about what other people think of it. You're going to, it will flourish. It will flourish every single time. Mm -hmm. I cannot, like, I cannot think of anybody who hasn't been genuinely true to themselves and genuinely true to what they want to do and hasn't succeeded. That's it. Like, and that's perfect. That's a perfect way to talk about it is, like, I'm looking at the other book on the table right now, The Walk on the Wild Side from Rodman. Mm -hmm. I need to read both of these, by the way. Um... That dude just, he realized that he was living this bullshit because Mm -hmm. he was doing it for other people. Right. And clearly his, maybe not his career was suffering because of it, but his life personally was suffering Mm -hmm. because of not being able to feel true to who he was. And that's actually been a big thing for me dealing with like anxiety and depression is like as soon as I stopped caring about what other people thought of me, it didn't go away, but it definitely made it a little bit easier because now I'm the only person. And now being your harshest own critic is another story. But like, once you take all that pressure off from everybody else mm-hmm. and you just kind of focus on your own critique, it gets a little easier. And I think it's, there's also this line, right? Because you mentioned like Rodman. For him to be like a black man in America doing, doing what he did, I think that even added an even extra a hint of like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And I can't speak obviously for the black aspect of it, mm-hmm. but I am assuming that both he was getting heat from both the black and the white communities, Hell but yeah. it, but for different reasons. Yeah, like for obviously for different reasons. Like white people were like, "Who the fuck is this?" You know, radicalized, like just off the off the wall mm-hmm. dude. And then I'm sure, as it's not as common, or it wasn't as common back in the day. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the black community, you could probably speak, you could obviously speak on it better than than me, but Mm. the black community was probably just like, who is this dude wearing dresses and dyeing his hair? Like, because that was not, I mean, it's very common now, like Mm -hmm. very common for, for that to be a thing. But like then, absolutely not as common at all. Hell no. Because during that time period when hip hop was popping up, like you didn't have people looking like him and and rap. I mean, because even Andre 3000, his style didn't go like tours like that extreme style until like maybe like the late 90s, early, early 2000s. 2000s. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. saying? Yep. So I mean, we had people like Prince, yeah, and Michael Jackson, but it wasn't. It didn't go all the way this, in this direction. But also, I think about like Prince and Michael. Like, I think a lot of people kind of just assumed that was like performance art mm-hmm. and not so much like like Dennis Rodman made it very real that like he was out here living this every day it wasn't it wasn't like I got on stage and you know wore you know wore a blouse and did all this like right. Rodman was like walking to his car at 9 a.m. and wearing some crazy shit and it, it was, didn't give a fuck it didn't <laughs> it didn't I, I, and that to me was like one of the most because I think a couple of years ago, I went to a moment of something not as extreme, but similar to what he went through, where I, I was sitting in my apartment, and I was like, you know what, man? I said, life right now is kind of boring. For me because I've always, because for me, I always did things by the book, but not because I thought, like, I wanted to, but because I thought I had to. Yeah, you know? it's just all you know. It's all I know, because, like, you know, like my parents, all you know, like be be who you are. True, but when you but society, about, but yeah. society tells you, yeah, be who you are, but don't do it too crazy because we gonna get you. <laughs> like, Yo, society uses scare tactics 
every day. Like, if you do this, you won't have this. If you do this, you won't have that. Like, for me, like, it's definitely frowned upon for anybody to have, like, forearms, tattoos, and the job that I have. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, I don't care because this is who I am. It's who I'm going to be. My mom used to tell me that shit all the time. She'd be like, I remember I got my first tattoo. My mom was like, she was like, if you get too many of those, nobody's going to hire you. Nobody's going to give you a job. Right. I came home with hand tattoos. Right. She flipped shit. She was just like, I'm like, mom, I literally already have a job. Like, right. I was like, that's actually another kind of funny. That's kind of one of those life determining moments that you asked about earlier. Mm-hmm. I remember the day that I got my first hand tattoo. Mm-hmm. And I did it because I was like, if I can't have a hand tattoo at the job that I'm working at, mm-hmm. I shouldn't be working for that job. Facts. I was like, if this, defer- if this deters me from getting the job, then that's not a place that I want to work at. Mm-hmm. Just done and done. And that's, it's, hey, shit, it's worked out for me since then. <laughs> like, but it's, yeah, it's just one of those things. Like society tells you, like, you, you can't do that. And you're like, well, why? Does me having tattoos take away from the quality of work that I do? No. Right. So why the fuck does it matter? Like, and you, you ask yourself, well, like, why does anything matter? You know what I'm saying? Like, of course, you got to have some kind of like some kind of rules and order in society to keep things moving, right? Right. But I feel like there are some things that are that are rules and things that are like limits that are set on certain things just to keep certain people happy. But it's not really unbelievably happiness. It's like you're creating these these rules, these barriers. Like, you gotta have a certain haircut. You can't have a certain look. Right. Just so people can feel more comfortable without having to deal with things that are outside of their comfort zone. Shout out to uh, old middle aged white men who run the country. You know what I'm saying? They put, the, they put them standards in order, and the rest of us are fu- like, the rest of us are finally realizing that, like, wait, that's bullshit. And if we all don't adhere to it, now we start to make the rules. Right. Like, and obviously there's scales. Like, me being white mm-hmm. obviously gives me the benefit in old white America. <laughs> like, right. but as a general consensus, our generation is finally kind of coming together and realizing that like yo if we all just say fuck you y'all can't stop us and y'all gonna die soon anyways and guess who's guess who's running this country next guess who's running this job workplace guess who's guess who is creating this environment later us exactly now speaking of like running things you mentioned uh the lebron shut up and ball right right the woman who said that to him was laura ingram yeah, fuck her. And now, and Laura Ingram decided to turn her, you know, her guns on the young young man, the last par- name Hawk. The, the Parkland? Yeah, Parkland student, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, wanted to go at him. And he, he turned the guns back on her and said, <laughs> all right, fine. And he did the best thing possible. He went at her pockets. All those advertisers, like sponsors. Yep. Oh, it was like 12 of them? He lit her up real quick. <laughs> real quick. And then she, she apologized. I didn't mean to do it. No, you did mean to do it. But only the reason why you apologize now is because, because you owe some po- money. Your pockets is hurt now. Exactly. 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 When, you, when, you, when you put the pressure on people in regards to money, mm-hmm. that's when shit changes. You could throw insults at people all day. You can try to come at people all day. You could troll on Twitter. You can gas them, whatever you want to do. But as soon as these motherfuckers start losing endorsements and sponsors and money, now they, now they listening real quick. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't and mean I to do that. And I don't believe that bitch anyways. Like, I, I know you're not sorry. You meant what you said. Exactly. Fuck you. But like, now that you ain't getting money, now, you, now you're real sorry. Yep. And I think that that's what we need now is like we need to understand the power of being united, but united in a way that we see how we can take down certain people, right? Like, listen, we all don't got to get along. Might not believe in the same shit, but if we have I one common e- goal, we can take this shit down. I don't even have to like you. Right. But 
if we are all doing this for the same reason, mm -hmm. we good. Facts. It's like when we have like, even down to, you see how, um, like in the, in the gay communities, right? Like for eons, people, you know, it's like straight and gays, we like, you know, you see how people were treating them throughout right. the years in this country, right. right? But you realize like, yo, we all have like a common enemy out here. You know what I'm saying? It's, right. it's the biggest. People telling you like, people telling them they can't get married, yo. Like people telling you that you can't have, have your kids here because they're of a different ethnicity. Right. People throwing you out the country. Like everybody's getting, getting like taken down out here because of who they are. And it's all, and it's all because of rules made by these people. Old, middle, old, old, old white men. <laughs> white dudes, you know what I mean? Because I, I never forget this. I'm, I was watching um, the Fahrenheit 911 uh, documentary by uh, Mike Moore, right? Yep. He was on Capitol Hill, and he was going to all those congressmen, senators, you know, or whatever they were, and it was it was wartime. He yeah. asked him, he said, "Hey, man, are your kids um, going to war?" No, my kids aren't on war. Or you ask somebody else, am I answering that question? Am I answering that question? So you're cool with sending all these other kids to war to fight for you, fight for your cause, right? Right. But when it comes down to you actually putting your kids in the mix. Oh, hell nah. Hell nah. We're not, we're not doing that. And why not? Oh, because we privileged and have money and we all right. Like, what? Most of the people that join the military usually mm -hmm. are doing it because they can't afford to go to college. Right. And they need... They need a way to further themselves in life. And they get trapped right. into that situation. And no disrespect to anybody who joins the military out of, you know, out of genuinely wanting to serve our country. I appreciate our troops and I appreciate that. But like mm -hmm. a lot of these recruiters are directly trying to get kids who don't have another option to do that. Right. And that's the difference of like these old senators and you know whatnot being like oh hell no nah, my kids aren't going to are going to the military why not if you think it's this great thing that that should be supported why would you not encourage your own kids to do that right like, and and didn't uh and didn't our president not, not, our, president, not, not our president not our president but we, call, we call him 45 yeah we'll just call him 45 now didn't 45 was he, was he, he a, draft, a draft dodger too? i believe he right. dipped Right? So, so I'm saying, you talk about all this, like, yeah, we've got love for make, the military, make, but... Make America great, great again, again, but right. let's, let's not fight for the country. Right. Just let's do it with politics and fucking um, capitalism, basically. Yeah. Like, that man literally has run an entire life on bad business models and just having money. Like... And racism. And, well... Like fucking bad business models, racism, and like sexism, like every every kind of ism that's out there in this game. Yeah, if you name the ism, he's probably a part of it. Yeah. Like, guaranteed. It's, a, it's, a, it's in his name, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah, man, like, it's, it's, it's just, these are things that we need to be, need to be addressed, but on a level where everybody can come together and be like, yo, I... I don't fuck with you. I don't fuck with you. Well, we definitely know. We don't, we fuck, don't, with that we don't fuck with him, though. Him. Like, get him. Get him out of here. You know what I'm saying? What was like the... Um, fuck. What was that record? Um, I think it was like a Nipsey record or like a YG record or some shit. And he was just like... He was like... we. He was like... So, talking about some shit about how like gang, gang shit in LA mm -hmm. can come together over not fucking with Donald Trump. Like they were just like, yo, we don't like like we may have we may have gang issues, but like we absolutely could come together and say fuck that dude. Like Right. And this even like comes down to the idea like I look at over the past year we had the Me Too movement and the Time's Up movement, right? And it's what's, like what's the Time's Up movement? Um Time's Up, I guess like in terms of Hollywood, all these guys oh, doing okay. all that shit. Okay. It's like yeah, yo, yeah. It's, it's over for y'all. Yep. So we have these moments we see all this shit happening and it's like we got to do a better job in terms of supporting each other and being there for each other because that's, that's where the power is, right. you know? Because uh, I'm, I'm going to give you an example. So recently you saw what happened with, um, you know, when Fab allegedly 
did what he did to his um, child's mother. Um, Yo, that and, video, and me, was, that right? video was terrifying, by terrifying, the way. Terrifying, like, yeah. Kids crying in the background, threats being made, all that, right? So the problem that I had immediately, right, because I, I already saw that when he um, he turned himself in because, you know, again, allegedly, say he punched, um, said she was punched in the face so many different times, but she lost like her front he teeth with them teeth, teeth out, right? Yeah, yeah, on some Casanova two X shit, right? Knocking teeth out. So like, that was um, that was done, and I saw that on the paper. I was like, what the? F-? This is crazy. So then when the video came out, right, it was like, whoa, this is, it's, I you know, we were, everybody was shocked. So immediately I was like, yo, man, this is some toxic foul shit that this dude is doing. Like, what's going on here? Blah blah blah. So I had people coming at me like, yo, man, you caping for her, and I need to see proof, and I need this, need I need that. I'm like, dude. What, what is? What proof do you fucking need at this point? Like, right. like dudes, dudes out here on some foul shit mm-hmm. from rappers to fucking 60-year-old white celebrities. Right. Like, men are out here on some foul shit. Mm-hmm. What proof? Like... You've gotten proof. And the problem is is that, like, that video was enough proof to me. The way that she reacted when he kind of, like, lunged yeah. at her. Like, the way she reacted, like, can like tells me that, like, this wasn't no one-time incident shit. So, like, right. my thing is, like, why do you always need proof? And why can't we just start taking these claims for what they are? Like, right. what... Okay, my thing is this. Let's say for, let's just hypothetically, a there's a sexual assault victim. Right. What benefit does a sexual assault victim get from coming forward? Like, just, like, without proof. Like, without, like, technical, like, you know, a video of, like, you being sexually assaulted. Like, what proof does she get? Like, where is the, like... There, there's no benefit for that person when it comes to that. Like, that's it. Like, you're just coming forward because that's what happened. Like, she's not going to, she or he is not going to get a, like, some medal or, like, yeah. whatever. Like, like, it has to be shitty to come forward in a, in a situation like that as the, right. as the one who has been abused. So, like... I don't understand the like, oh, where's the proof and like caping. Like it's just like, dude, like that shit cannot be this shit cannot be enjoyable to go through and have to come forward and talk about. Right. So what do you think these people are getting out of it? Like, and, and if you peep game, like she hasn't said anything. No. There's no interviews came out like that because you know the situation isn't anything that's that's to be made like to be made popular, to be made, to be spread out on social media. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's, it's a it's serious just, situation. It just happened. It like, just happened. You know what I'm saying? But but for me, it's like as 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 a dude who's like trying to like evolve the correct way. It's like I can't sit by and like allow like certain cats to be out here like, yeah, man, how you know she ain't lying? I'm like, dude, like place your mom in that situ- in situation. Place your sister in that situation, bro. Right. Like, how are you so quick to dismiss something because are oh, you like Fab's album? Dog, nobody has been checking for a fabulous album in ever? For what? <laughs> like, like, if I'm gonna keep it a buck, like in ever? Like, alright, shout out to the six minute freestyle with Cassidy and Lil Wayne, yeah. that shit was flames, but not because of Fabulous. But point being, somebody was like, oh, Fab's career is over. And I was like, besides wearing mismatching jackets and pants on Instagram, like, what actually does Fabulous do? Like, why are you caping for this man? Right. <laughs> I, I didn't understand it. So it's like, okay, so you let celebrity get in the way of seeing somebody for what they for what the, what they did, you know what I'm saying? And I, by no means am I like, yo, is anybody perfect? No, y'all make mistakes, yes. But we all that, and we all have unlearning to do, and I'm right. I'm okay with acknowledging that. I have plenty of unlearning that I've already done, right? And I still have plenty more to do. Same and here, yeah. That's okay. But these are the same motherfuckers that are still out here like defending Ray Lewis, like murdering somebody, <laughs> <laughs> like Ray Lewis killed somebody. And motherfuckers still like defend that, and I'm just like, are you? Is this this what we're doing? Like, 
this is the craziest thing about it. And I'm like, we, I'm like, it's, it's kind of like we have, we have selective, like, amnesia to a point. Or we just, we choose what we want to stand for, which is what we don't want to stand for. And that's the problem. It's like, listen, well, the, the old saying goes, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Which means right. that if you're going to get, get on somebody for this shit. You got to get on everybody for it. Everybody for it. Now, do I believe that people can make mistakes and learn from them and actually act? Like, show action that, they're, that they've grown? 100%. Hell yeah. I feel like that's literally unlearning certain behaviors is a part of growing and it's important. Like, right. I truly believe that people can do that, but it's when these behaviors are consistent that you have to be like, I, I can't give you a pass this time, my guy. Like, right. Cause I look at people like Robert Downey Jr. who he went through some shit in Hollywood. Like, so my man's my man's was doing. Serious shit. Serious coke. Serious <laughs> shit. All right, you know what I'm saying? Like going, to, like going, like doing jail biz and all that. Yeah. But like he, but and now he's Iron Man. He's only is he Iron Man, but he's <laughs> he's he's giving back to people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. But he, not only is he giving back, like he's making things. I, he's making things happen, right? Yep. He's doing things in such a positive way that he is actually a representation of like yo going yep. through hell. To make it to a better place in your life. You can, you can fuck up. You can. And still get to a better place. Right. But that's, I think, the problem. And again. I mean, I'm literally sitting here with a bottle of Jack Daniels next to me. Mm-hmm. And everybody who knows me on Twitter, shout out. There's a bag of Coke in front of me. Like. <laughs> like and everybody goes through shit right like we all have our times it is what it is mm-hmm. he's a perfect example though of somebody who can actually go through something mm-hmm. and realize that like yo i'm fucking up and i need to fix it right. like and he actively actively pursued how to fix it right that's the other thing words without actions don't matter like you could say shit all day Mm-hmm. Wake and create. Guess what we're doing right now? Creating. Creating. That's all that matters. Facts. Creating an experience, creating a little piece of art that mm-hmm. will go out into the world. Creating creating a moment. Right. And that's what matters. Like, but if you're not doing it, if you're not actively pursuing either changes or whatever you say that you're doing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> like, it doesn't. Because you know what's crazy? I, I remember back in the day, like, say if, like, a celebrity were, like, had did something wrong, right? Like, drugs or whatever. Like, you could find him being made fun of, him or her being made fun of in a Mad TV skit, Saturday Night Live Right, you skit, get roasted on SNL roasted, or right? some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now social media, like, if you did something, like, wrong, you know, broke a law, whatever it was, like, eight or nine years ago. People won't let you forget it. Right. So now it's like when you do things, when you change, you got to change for yourself more than anything else. Absolutely. People are going to say what they're going to say no matter what. You know what I'm saying? But Other people's like, opinions of you are none of your business. Exactly. And we come back to that again. Unless you're R. Kelly because you start here being yeah, a creep. Yeah, fuck R. Kelly. Yeah, that shit is a rap. You know what I'm saying? But you t- it's, again, like taking active steps to being like- A better person. Better person. That's important. Like, and that's how it should be. Like- Again, though, like, and I hate, I hate saying it because it shouldn't be the justification, but the early 2000s were different when it came to politically correct, when it came to what, what was being said. Like, Mm -hmm. listen, 2000s Eminem, Mm -hmm. not flourishing in current day. 2018, no. Not happening. No. And it was a different time. And I hate that, that, I hate that saying a different time justifies that. I just want people to look back on that time and be like, yeah, we were probably all fucking wrong for laughing and for being like, 
for not knowing better at the time. Right. And all you can do now is just do better now. Like, that's all it is. Like, if you're taking an active role in doing better now, that's all you can do. And I think that's how it should be. Like, because you can't go back and change anything you did 10 years ago. Right. You can't change it. But if you're actually active in fixing and supporting the positive things in 2018, mm-hmm. that's all you could do. And you're doing it right. Like, right. Now, if you're, still, if you're still contributing to that fucked up shit that you were doing 10 years ago, I, there's no place for you now. Right. Like, it just it, it is what it is. Like, you, you can't change the past, but you can absolutely contribute to... Again, everything comes back to the shit I said in the first five minutes that we talked about this. Right. If you're not contributing to moving things forward, mm-hmm. fuck out of here. Like, Facts. just... Just contribute. Do better. Like, every day, just do better. I just read a quote from somebody the other day, and I forget who it is. I'm sorry, whoever said this. But, like, someone said, tomorrow is always your best day. And that kind of hit me. I was like, you're right. Like, tomorrow always has the potential to be the best day you've ever had. Right. So, like, get to it. Like, make sure that you're on it. And make it happen. Because the only person not letting it be your best day ever is you. Indeed. And I think the one of the illest things I learned about is probably um, in growing, in unlearning things. The big lesson that I learned is to love people for who they are and be unconditional with, with it all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's people that I've met in my life whose stories are different from mine. And usually when those differences back in the day, I'd be like, ah, oh, man, I can be fucking with this cat. I don't know this cat over here. What is this? You know right. what I mean? Who this nerd? Who this yeah. nerd? Like, See, get I out was, of here. I was a nerd back in the day, but, <laughs> but like certain people, I'd you be like. You might still be a nerd, though. I'm not even going to lie. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still in these streets. I got a freaking legend. There's other tattoo out here in these streets. The game ain't going to change. You know what I mean? Because me coming from the neighborhood that I came from, I didn't have people who were like covered in tattoos, right? Right. Like that. Or. I didn't have like many like gay friends back in the day. Like so there was there was a time when I was just like used to a certain type of person. And anybody else was different. Just I based, was like just based off differences. Right. Not because for any other reason. Right. Shit, I had literally one black kid my entire high school. <laughs> like like I didn't have like I don't think I had a a publicly like mm-hmm. a quote air quotes publicly like gay kid in my high school like I didn't certain things you just weren't like they just weren't a thing when we grew up yeah and yeah yeah. and and not in a like not in a negative way it's just like I just didn't know like Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about anything outside of my bubble right and moving to Philadelphia was the greatest thing period that I've ever done it Mm -hmm. has exposed me and put me to things like put me onto things that I never would have imagined like skateboarding Mm -hmm. and Philadelphia and art this city and those two things changed my life like and like you said it's like like you were saying it's just like these things like you just weren't they weren't a thing growing up for you like like my my neck of the woods it was like nah plus you had your, you had your peers, right? Because me, I was always like open minded to everything. But when you got peers around you who want to play like this whole tough guy role and be like, you can't fuck with that kind of personality, yeah, right. you tend to adopt that shit. Not because it's like you actually have it in your heart. It's just that that's this is how how it is right how, here. How things function, right? So years years later, you're West Philly, right? Yeah. So what, like what part? In between Southwest and West, I, I was around like Fifty Second Street. 50, I bet. So you know around that neck of the woods, right? So like McCreesh ish. Like you know, like Pine and Spruce, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I bet. Yeah, like so I'm close enough to like Huey School and all that. So yeah. my neighborhood there. So you know there wasn't much diversity in neck of the woods, you right. know. So but for, for me, once I started going to middle school in South Philly, you know 
they was on their bullshit too. You know and what I mean? You know, that st- motherfuckers be on their shit too. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So once I did that and dipped out from there and went, went to Villanova, where, yeah, I was a minority in different ways. I was, because I was, I was going to say, now at Villanova, you like, you went like rich white kid school. Yep. And now you're like, wait, this is completely different than where I grew up. This is completely different than everything else in Philly. Like, because the main line is clearly different. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so like it's, I, I dealt with all kinds of people. And I had, at one point in time, I had more white friends than I had like black friends. I was hanging out different, like going to parties and shit like that with them. Cool. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's like when I moved to Philly. Mm hmm. One of my, like, all of my first friends that I met here, and this is how actually I know you. Yeah. The Animal House dudes. Yeah. All the Animal House parties, the Animal House dudes, like, that was my first group of friends. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was the wildest shit because I was just like, I, like, get tossed into this dorm. Mm-hmm. And now I'm chilling with Rabbit and Keith and all these dudes, and it's just like... They're making art, but it's like a completely different type of art. Like they're mm-hmm. they're pulling from they're pulling from black culture to make their shirts and to make their art and to do the things that they're doing. Right. And it's like this completely different shit that I have never seen. Like I'm coming from a like rural white people area, but mm-hmm. also I'm coming from like the skateboard side of things. Like I'm coming from like like skateboard photos and that type of art. So like I come and like now like these are my friends and I'm just like, yo, like y'all want some totally different shit, but I fuck with it. Right. Like it's just different, but it's something you didn't know about before. And that's where the importance comes in is like, had I not moved here and had I not been exposed to that, I wouldn't be making the shit that I make today. Absolutely. Like, right. Cause that's the thing about Nova was like, yeah, people call Vanilla Nova because like people out there like you know <laughs> sophomores would like you driving their Range Rovers, people with money, but there was people out there who were just like who were on the same wavelength I was, just that we came from different parts of the country, different different like different backgrounds. Right? Did you smash a white girl that wore Uggs? Did she wear Uggs? Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I. She, if, if she you did, smashed a white girl with Uggs. I guarantee it. She probably if you went to Villanova, you smashed a white girl with Uggs. Yeah, you know, I was definitely up there. <laughs> that's how I, I, I tell everybody I earned my cream team credentials over there. You know, that's where it started at. I tried to get in there, um, down in like a gap in South Philly, but that was not popping down there for my black ass. But once Yo, I was going over. Do not fuck with um, white girls from South Philly. They will stab you. Period. Just don't do it. I don't want to get stabbed. Just don't do it. I don't want to get stabbed, bro. They're the type to, like, stab you with, like, a spoon, but, like, the handle part of the spoon, uh, like... Ouch. Yeah, you don't want these problems. I want them problems, bro. I want that to go fucking... How am I playing that tomorrow? How am I got stabbed with a spoon handle? What? Right. Like, in the, like, jugular, too. Like, some South Philly Italian chick will absolutely stab you with a spoon, but the handle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm avoiding that at all costs, man. Like, excuse me. Yeah, no. don't... You don't want those problems. Nah, I mean, I just... No, hell no, yo. Come up here in my next podcast with a voice box, like, <laughs> my next guest. What happened to you? I got stabbed in the throat with a spoon <laughs> and a juggler because he was crazy, man. Should I listen, listen you got to push the button on the throat thing? Yep. To like, like, <laughs> my bad. I, I, I shouldn't should make fun of anybody with that shit. I got somebody, somebody Problematic about, light just came on. It did. We fucked up. I did. I'm sorry. I wasn't going to make fun we of anybody. We were so good all episode. I know. Then you got to fucking <laughs> My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. I apologize in advance. Jeez, you can't cut that out, though. Okay, I'm keeping that in there. That's good. That's good. That's gold. You, you got to understand what time it is. See, we can... God is working on us every day. We can grow. We still may be fucking up sometimes, but... Yes. I'll probably make that joke again sometimes, so don't... Uh, I definitely will. Because, <laughs> uh, you know... I feel like me asking if you smashed a white girl in Uggs from Villanova is probably fucked up. Nah, because it's true. Because every white girl at Villanova wears Uggs. Well, there's a strong percentage of the women there. It's like 98%. There was Uggs everywhere. Uggs in the and the, and the And the spent, like the, the black tights. black tights, yeah. Definitely. And usually like a hoodie. Yeah, I'd look. And they was late for class because they was like, just got dicked down like 10 minutes ago. I'm, ju- I'm just, I, I'm not saying that I've been to, been to Villanova, but I'm just saying that I've been to Villanova. Listen, if I was... <laughs> If I was like an athlete, oh, definitely would have been taking down more Uggs. 
But <laughs> since I was just a regular like brother there on like you know just going to school there. I was like my my uh, my hug intake was my hug intake. intake. It wasn't as, wasn't as high, you know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, man, it was. They was winning championships when you went there, though, right? No, we was getting close. To, we got like, elite eight, final four, shit like that. But we didn't get there. Like they didn't win the championship until after I graduated. But like I tell you though, I tell you. Did right you now, pretend though, to be on the basketball team to take down some hugs? No, I didn't have to. You know why? <laughs> Cause my, my homies was on the basketball team, so like you know, but like they never worked out for me. But I was around them. We was all we was all cool. Plus, so you got so you got basket you got Villanova basketball associated Uggs. Nah, I couldn't. We call it pussy Uggs from now on if it's a white girl. Yeah, so I, I didn't get any Uggs um, <laughs> because of that. Because like for me, I was getting out of get out of get on my own reconnaissance because like listen to me like you ain't on the basketball team. You know what I mean? I'm like yeah, I'm five five. <laughs> My brothers is above six feet. My man's is a foot and a half taller than you. Yeah, like. I'm like being on the same team, but I, you know I know those guys. <laughs> my people was always used to ice burn them. I burn them CDs back in the day. You know what I mean? Like freshman year, <laughs> my homie I just burn them like Jay Z Blueprint two yada yada yada, making sure, making sure they had what they needed music wise. You oh, know what man. I'm saying? But now nah, like most of the buns I got is because I'm sorry, the Uggs that I got, <laughs> I was just. You was out yeah. here. Yeah, you I was, was out just, here. Yeah, and plus, I was that fucking guy at a fucking frat party, fucking dancing in the middle of the shit. Oh, look at him go. You know, I felt like I felt like fucking Zach from fucking Power Rangers, man. Because <laughs> he was the one who could dance and fight at the same time. That was me. I feel like I remember you from the PYT days as well, being like the one dude that was just in the middle of the party, like, wilding. Yeah. Like, just wilding out. Dude, remember they had the back room? Yeah, the back was, room. I was on stage dancing the shit. You know what I'm saying? Me and somebody else will be up on there's stage. A photo, there's a photo of me, you, and Reem from Animal House on stage at really? PYT. I have, it's on my Facebook. I don't even know how to log into my Facebook, but if I can find it, I'm going to send it to you because it's fucking hysterical. I need to see that shit because I was, oh my God. yo. And we were, we were, like, I'm double fisting four locos. Right. I'm pretty sure you have, like, you have, like, a giant tequila drink. Of yeah. some sort in your hand, and Reem is just like there, just like being Reem. And I was just like, "Shout yeah. out to Reem! It's his birthday as of yesterday." Shout out to him. Happy uh, birthday to you, brother! Mm-hmm. Shout out to Animal House in general. Shout, shout out to all the great parties that went down. No doubt. Tiff as the greatest PYT bartender. She was there that night. She works at Dolphin now, so go see her. No doubt. Shout out to Tiff. Um, yeah, no. There's definitely a photo of us three on the stage. Matthew Law is DJing. Doug, it is the most re- shout out to Matt too. Uh, it is the most ridiculous photo I have ever seen in my life. We are all just ripped, like we're all just completely loaded. I definitely was sweating my ass off on that stage, <laughs> yo, because because alcohol sweat. Because I ain't like I wasn't even moving that fast. I was just like, oh, okay. You just in the middle, like just you was hitting Millie Rocks before Millie Rocks was Millie Rocks. <laughs> I was fully rocking back then. Yo. Philly Rock. Wow, mm. why is that not a thing? Why is the Philly Rock not a thing? I don't know. We did it before time, B. We was getting getting busy on that stage, man. Dog, them old days, Raven Lounge, PYT, Backroom. Um, what was that John on Sansom? That was Raven Lounge, wasn't it? Oh, one. Oh. One. Oh, yo, ninth, like 19th, right? Yeah, When remember when Two-Face, before he became Mike Taylor? Yeah. <laughs> Two-Face used to be up in there? Dude, that era of Philly was so crazy, man. Also, back when Matt, Matthew Law was DJ Fish? DJ Fish. With the, super, with super the fro, too. Yep. He had the, like, the, just the giant fro. Mm. And, like, that was his, like, determining... Like, that was his, like, defining look. Yeah. It was, like, that was his thing. He had the fro. Like, yep. Now he's, like... Like, Killing shit, like yep. doing Red Bull fucking R3 winnings and making it happen, man. Like, and like being now like at Kung Fu Necktie. It was like, but before that, he had Super Dope at, at Fluid. Like, it was. I lived in California when he had Super Dope at Fluid, which bums me out. I never got to go to a single Super Dope at Fluid. That's where everything I missed, was popping at. I missed that two years. Like, mm-hmm. that was when I was in California and it bummed me out. Then he came back to Kung Fu Necktie, man. Also, I would like to use this moment to segue. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? I'm going to take shots right now. Go ahead. What the fuck does every Philly artist who blows up in Philly, reps Philly, and wants to be Philly move to L.A. and forget about Philly? And not fucking ever credit Philly for anything. That's crazy, bro. And I'm... Some of y'all my friends, but... Mm. 
Some of y'all need to come back and revisit your roots and put on. It's, and I'm probably gonna get blackballed from Twitter for this or some bullshit. But like, nah, some of y'all, some of y'all really left and act like act like Philadelphia did not make you what you are. You're right. Look, I remember there was an era when people were like, "Yeah, we're starting a whole movement called the New Philly Movement," right? And I was like, me being from here, I was like, "Okay, New Philly." What's new about it? First of all, like you can't change anything when the, the people who are old Philly, quote unquote old Philly, are still here in the mix and still We're, doing it, still doing and still things. putting on for it. Right, like we doing Sam's that whole movement, new Philly movement lasts like a week and a half. And listen, I didn't be a part of that shit because I'm not from Philly. Right. That's not my place. Mm-hmm. Like I don't get to claim, I don't get to claim new Philly. You know what I mean? Like right. I came here. Mm-hmm. I will contribute to the scene here, mm-hmm. but I will not claim that because that's not my place to claim. Right. A lot of people came here, not from Philly as well, not mm-hmm. born and raised in Philly, right. came here and claimed and started the hashtag New Philly. Yep. And then after a while, they was out of here. And they, I'm like, they popped off. Yep. And they went back to New York or they went to L.A. Yeah, I'm like, all right, cool. That's how I was going to be then. That's how I was going to be then. But it's it's funny now. Some cats, you never think they were even here at all in the first place. You know what I'm saying? It's like a forgetting. Like there was a whole gap of time. I'm like, y'all was here. Y'all, I'm right? Like, you was rub elbows together. You know what I'm saying? But nowadays, right? Like, I seen you. I seen you three days a week. Right. Like, but now it's like, oh, you won't. What? What? Happened? What? What? Right. Happened? You know what I mean? We're still trying to like trying to lay claim to certain things here. But I mean that's. I'm like, listen, if y'all, if y'all want to fight like that, go ahead. But like, I mean, I guess, but like. I know, I know what you mean. Guys, I, feel, I feel the type of way about it. Yeah. And I'm not even from here. So I can only imagine if I was from here like you are, mm-hmm. I would feel a real some type of way about it. And, and I did, yeah. I did, I did when back it first happened. Back when it first started happening. Okay, everybody's doing it on that move, Mike. Well, best, you know, best success to y'all, but. I peep game, you know what I'm saying? Because right, you seen you seen how shit was moving. Right, because you, that's the problem with the city right now. Because you got people coming in the city now trying to put on their own movements and this and that. But like you, you can't take from the city while giving back to it. Which what you said earlier, like you can't take from a culture while giving back to it. You have to contribute before you consume. Exactly, that's it. So it's shout like, out to shout out to Assad. Mm-hmm. We haven't heard from Assad in God knows how long. Please give us more music. Please mm-hmm. give us another project. But like Assad, Uzi, mm-hmm. like these dudes, like eh, I can't really talk about Uzi, but Assad, like Assad was putting on mm-hmm. for Philadelphia, like very heavily and repping Philadelphia as his thing. Like right. I don't know what happened to him. He's literally disappeared in the last five years. But like there were artists that like just there were dudes that came to Philadelphia and literally put out shit, benefited from being in the city and left. Yeah. And that was it. Like, and to me, that shit's not okay. Like, I literally, I came to this city, mm-hmm. did, did the thing here, partied, did art, left for California whole time still put on for Philly still was still was like promoting and working with people in this city right and then came back and right. still and now still promote and contribute to this city you do I mean you got you got a John tattoo bro I do I literally, I literally have a John tattoo. He has a John tattoo. <laughs> For those who don't know, John is a Philly word. If you see it anywhere else in the city, in the, in the, in the country, there's nowhere it came from first. All right. John also, shout out to uh, shout out to Tiff. Tiff and I have matching John tattoos yes. in the same spot. <laughs> Tiff, Tiff is a Philadelphia is a like I want to say it called a national treasure, but like she's, she's a national treasure. She's def- she's the, Tiff, Tiff is she's also a probably treasure. the finest bartender in Philadelphia. Facts. Shout out to that. Facts, because I, I definitely tried to shoot my shot in 2009, <laughs> and I definitely like lost confidence. I'm like, I'm just going, all right, cool. I'm going to get this beer. I'm going to the corner. 
I'm gonna sit here and be quiet to she myself. Probably, she probably hit you with the okie dokie real quick. I, I think I didn't. Even, I didn't even get to the point of even like saying anything smooth. I was like, "Hey, can I get a beer, 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 beer." You fumbled. You fumbled the bag before you even yeah. got there. I was, I was like, "Y'all said, yeah, this is this is this is gonna go. All right, I'm gonna sit in the corner. Then. This is, yeah, cool. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? I can't apply the UG game over here because you know what I'm saying. But yeah, draw. You know what I mean? I feel but, like Tiff wears UGGs. I feel like Tiff might wear Uggs. Might wear Uggs. I feel like Tiff might wear Uggs. Because like her style to me is like is dope. Because like she is just like she's she's always been who she was. And I think that's why. I, and I, we'll I come it. and we'll come back to what we were talking about earlier. I right. think she has thrived just off the fact that she has always been exactly who she is. Exactly. And you got no choice but to fuck with her because of that reason. Right. You know what I'm saying? She'll keep it, she'll keep it a buck with you real quick. Yep. Like. And I, I love that, you know what I'm saying? And I think that, like, it's a beautiful thing, man. No doubt. But, yo, so if you are coming down to the, uh, f- you know, the final time moments of the show, I'm going to ask you this question, bro. Yep. In your life at this moment, what is pushing you forward? Shit. I don't mean to take it there, but I'm going to take it there. Um, if anybody listening to this knows me and or has followed me for any decent amount of time, both of my parents passed away um, within the last, well, my mom passed away about six months ago from terminal cancer. My dad was killed about a year and a half ago, two years ago. I don't know. I don't remember at this point. Um, At this point, I just want... Like, I want to do shit that means something. And making my parents proud is about enough of a mean something thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was wild. I My dad died. I went through a crazy, crazy drug spiral mm-hmm. that was pretty bad. Um, then my mom died, and I went through, currently going through another crazy, pretty bad drug spiral but I don't know I just I want to do shit that that benefits the people around me and the community around me um I have some currently working on opening a web store where I will be selling photo prints some new shirts um you heard it here first I've been teasing it for a minute there is wake and create coffee mugs coming Perfect. Shout out to that. Perfect. Um, and I'm probably going to be doing coffee mugs as well as tumblers because I'm an iced coffee guy. But if you're a hot coffee guy, person, mm-hmm. woman, whatever, hot coffee, cold coffee, I'm going to do the tumbler. But yeah, both right. will be available. Um, I have some new shirt ideas kind of coming out. I just, I just want to do shit that is dope. Like I... I just want to create shit that is cool. Like, and that's kind of the limit. Um, Riding skateboards, trying to film a video part at the ripe age of, I don't know how old I am, 31? Yeah, 31, I think. Um, Yeah, I just, something about just living life and every day is Monday and every night is Friday. You know what? There's a, a song by Farside from like the Lab Cabin in California album that pretty much sums up what you just said. In the songs, in the song, they said you gotta do something that means something. You, know you should play. You should play that record at the end of this interview before it cuts. That'd be dope because I can't play music on like. Oh, that's right. You gotta. Just, you gotta deal with. Oh, fuck. Yeah. It's all, all right. Well, good. I'm gonna post that song. You send me the name of it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna post that song along with the link of this interview, and y'all can listen to it after it drops. Facts. That's how <laughs> wait, we're doing it. Wait. Also, you just said facts. Shout out to uh, the new Flatbush Zombie record. Mm-hmm. There's a f- there's a record on there called Facts with Jadakiss. Mm-hmm. Go listen to that shit. I don't even care if that has to do with this podcast. Just go listen to that shit because it's fire. I love it. Because <laughs> on this podcast, we do love music. So we're going to listen to that shit soon. Well, all right, y'all. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Weirdest New Black Show with my main man, Jeff, a.k.a. Kill the Duff Kid.
know what time it is. Thank you for having me. Man, it's a pleasure, man. Love you, brother. And catch you next time. Y'all already know. Word. Win!